Hey guys, it's Brett. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that this episode has been highly edited. Um, so you might notice some, some gaps here and there. But there were some audio malfunctions. And in order to salvage the episode, we had to cut out a few of the segments. So hopefully this doesn't interrupt your listening pleasure. Uh, thanks for understanding. On with the show. You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. He's following you about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf looking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf living in the woods. Shia LaBeouf. Killing for sports, Shia LaBeouf Eating all the bodies Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf Now it's dark and you seem to have lost him But you're hopelessly lost yourself Stranded with a murderer You creep silently through the underbrush Aha! In the distance A small cottage with a light on Hope You move stealthily toward it But your leg! Ah! It's caught in a bear trap Gnawing off your leg Quiet Limping to the cottage quiet, quiet. Now you're on the doorstep Sitting inside Shia LaBeouf Sharpening an axe Shia LaBeouf But he doesn't hear you enter Shia LaBeouf You're sneaking up behind him Strangling superstar Shia LaBeouf Fighting for your life with Shia LaBeouf Wrestling a knife from Shia LaBeouf Stabbing in his kidney Safe at last from Shia LaBeouf you limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg. But you've won. You have beaten Shia LaBeouf. Welcome back to Long Lost Brothers, the podcast devoted to fitness, mental toughness, and the overall acquisition of betterment. My name is Brett Scott. And I'm Jesse Cole. And we are the Long Lost Brothers. Hey, you know, I was, yeah. I'm thinking our intro is a little deceiving. Yeah, because we kind of turned into like a nerd podcast that did the workout. Yeah, I feel like 50% <laughs> of the episode, like people hear that and they're like, oh shit, I'm going to get some mental toughness and some self-improvement and we spend 50 percent of the episode talking about like tv and movies <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe we'll work on that um cool so let's, talk about, let's talk about movies whatever, whatever it takes to get him to see bro once you got him the tattoo <laughs> with that Not really with that uh we're going to open tonight's episode and we're going to talk about uh halloween movies scary movies because it is yeah. the week of halloween trick-or-treat uh, this is the last episode we'll be recording 
before mm-hmm. Halloween. So yeah, why not? Why not have a little Halloween it's episode? A, it's a long lost but a spooktacular extravaganza. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So so okay. Hold on. So I have like I, I see this as two separate genres because there's Halloween movies mm-hmm. then there's horror movies. True. There's there's very like movies that are centered specifically around mm-hmm. Halloween. Well, me and my girl yesterday spent a majority of the day watching Halloween movies, mm-hmm. but then she kind of abandoned ship on me. But I was like, nope, planted in my bed watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. So after she left, I went a whole nother route because yeah. she likes because we were going like Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow. And then I think that's where she took off. And then I put on like Silent Hill and I'm a sucker who paid four bucks to watch Silent Hill, the sequel to that, the revelation. And then found out later is on Netflix for free. I was oh. pissed. Yeah. I could save my four bucks. That movie sucked. Dude. It didn't suck. It just was not even close to the original. So, well, what's your, what's your difference? Like, what, what do you, what do you mean? What's the difference for you? Halloween, Halloween movies are like spooky. Like Beetlejuice, like a Halloween movie. Okay. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, I'd categorize it as as a Halloween movie. I mean, okay. it's scary. It's scary. It's drama for suspenseful, but it's not like I'm gonna be up late from this one. Like The Conjuring, mm-hmm. Annabelle, anything from that fucking universe is a straight horror movie. Anything that is um, that's like a Rob Zombie movie, that's a horror movie. Okay, so you know, you mean okay, so Halloween movies are more campy. So like, yeah, I guess it's like um. I th- maybe I'm just I'm just biased, but uh, it's like oh, I get what you're saying. Like I feel like Halloween movies, the kids can watch them with you. Yeah, like you can watch a Halloween movie with your family, but uh, Baby Ryder probably, oh, he knows did kind of hang out with me, watch uh, Silent Hills, but um, yeah, I don't think my kids are ready for House of a Thousand Corpses yet. Yeah, no, the little kids can't watch. No, the House of a Thousand Corpses is like its own. Or like, oh, dude, hey, have you ever seen uh, a movie called The House That Jack Built? The House of Jackville? Yeah. No, I'm slacking. Tell me about it. Dude, it's sick. I mean, literally kind of sick. Yeah. It's, uh, so Lars von Trier made it, and he's like famous for making fucked up movies, okay? Okay. Like fucked up movies. Like, um, you ever seen the movie Mother? Yeah, yeah. He made that wild-ass fucking movie, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy movie. That's yeah, I mean... and, and it's wild. And um, so Lars von Trier, he makes these really like controversial and fucked up like movies, and um, uh, like he made the, these movies called *Nymphomaniac*, which is fucking excellent. I, I highly, highly recommend that. And guess who's in it? Guess who has a small part in? Shia Booth. Yeah, I had to fit him into the episode. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll, we'll delve so, into that later. Sometime. So okay, real quick before I, before I tell you about uh, *House of Jack Bill*. Um, so *Nymphomaniac* is a two-part movie. It's like four-hour fucking. Film. my god and uh it's in a, it's a two-parter and it's 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 actually it's like really it's really deep but it's super graphically sexual and this is like a movie they showed in the theater this is a movie like you can watch it on youtube believe it or not but like nice it shows dicks it shows people sucking dicks it shows pussies like, is that the movie that, where the girl really gave her boyfriend a blowjob yeah and they videotaped it okay yes. okay yep so he wow. he's like this crazy prolific fucking filmmaker who does wild ass shit. Right. right well, like he, made, he made this movie with um um Tim Dillon. You know who that is? I do not. Uh, I think it's Tim Dillon. It, Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. Why is that sound right? Kevin Dillon. Tim Dillon. Yeah. 
Um, he made um, he was in There's Something About Mary. He played the guy that got them fake veneer oh, teeth. That's Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon, shit. Okay, mixing okay. up all the fucking Dillons. All right. Nah, you're all right. And he had, or, Matt he had Dillon. a brother that was in um, You're right. It's Matt Dillon. He had a brother. I think they have a brother that was like in Footloose or something. Like Casey Dillon or something. Or, I'm not thinking of somebody else. No, I'm thinking of Keb. <laughs> uh, what, who's playing Batman right now? I can't remember his name. I'll stop my head. His last name. All right. Um, Wait, Daredevil. Oh, man, what's what that his name? He's super famous. Oh yeah, it's Casey Affleck, his brother. Okay, yeah, yeah. never mind. I'm, okay, there's, okay, I'm, we're, I'm, we're we're getting off the rails here, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm off that. I'm off that. Let's get back to the to the this uh this nymphos maniac. All right. No, I'm I'm done with nymphomaniac. I was just like, okay. you know, what kind of crazy director this dude is. Yeah, he made a movie good. called The House of Jack built, like uh, a year or two ago. Oh. Starring Matt Dillon. Oh. Matt Dillon is a fucking serial killer. And in this movie, it is it is dark as fuck. It follows this dude. It's like through his own eyes, through his own mind, kind of. Um, how ah. he sees shit. And he just fucking murders motherfuckers, dude. It's, it's wild. It's you know what? And it's sick as fuck. These murders are sick, dude. I'm gonna have to check that out. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so I want to know what what's your favorite horror movie? This is tough. I mean, what, like 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 if you just had to like pick one, like if if you had every horror movie, first of all, you had to pick one. It's Real super quick. hard to actually scare me, right? Anymore. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was a certain point in my life that I got to where movies just weren't actually scary, but. Before there was this whole slew of movies like um, Conjuring and Nun yeah. and shit like that, like super fucked up, like like jump scare shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Shit, you know, um, Annabelle stuff like that. The yeah. first movie that started all that shit off was The Ring. Oh yeah. Okay. I so forgot about The Ring. I that shit was creepy. Was high school, right? And yeah. And now The Ring seems really lame, and it's been made fun of so much. It's like silly, but. Yeah, you have to be there. In, in the if you're in your house, if you're in your house by yourself, alone, oh, yeah. in the dark, or gloomy, oh, yeah. and you put on the ring by yourself, you 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 know, you be looking at your phone a lot. You be uh, trying to find some little, some little uh, things to reattach to reality. Because if you get off in that realm in your head, some scary movies can get really scary if you're if you're just in the movie. You know, if you're not looking at your phone, if you're not making jokes with your girl, if you're not, you know. If you're just watching the movie, some of those movies can get pretty uh pretty intense. Yeah. But then there's like the classics like Freddy, Jason, Chucky, you know, like like the Freddy Jason, Michael Myers, like you know, like yeah, yeah. you know, you can't discount the slasher film. Yeah. Because I mean, even the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween, it's pretty scary, dude. Like yeah. it hits. Michael, it's it's good. Well, yeah, like you know, Jason. You know, like the he's an unbeatable killing machine. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Or Freddy Krueger? I mean, I don't think I think fools will give to Freddy. I think we talked about this before, but I think that people give Freddy Krueger too many passes. Like he was a child molester, yeah. And everybody's cool with him. Save our children. What's up with that? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I had the Freddy glove, and you know, you know, like they they like delved on that on the first, uh, the first one. And then they never talked about him being a pedo again. It's like, why are you always fucking with the kids, man? Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. You got people dressing up as this fucking pedophile murderer. 
<laughs> for Halloween. Right. Little kids. You got your little you got your little son dressing up like well, every, Freddy Krueger. Everybody had that glove in my neighborhood. There's like ten Freddy Kruegers in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, man. That's fucked up. I like, we didn't think about it. Man, okay, so I gotta say my favorite horror movie mm-hmm. is The Conjuring. Okay. Without a doubt. Uh, all of them are good. One and two. And I, they're supposed to be coming out of the third one. Um, some of the Annabelles were a little bit let downish. Um, I, I don't like Annabelle as much. And then um, The Nun, I was super disappointed. Because yeah. there's that jump scare scene in the in the credits. Mm-hmm. Or not in the credits, but in the, in the, in the you know. Yeah, and it's like, <gasps> I jumped for it. Even at the movie theater watching a different movie. I, I knew it was coming, and I jumped on it again. I was like, oh, this is none. It's going to be scary. She was so scary in The Conjuring, right? Yeah. But, man, I was really let down. But I do still think that's the best uh, horror universe they got going on right now. Okay. I never really but, but the most yeah. impactful for me was the original Tim Robert. Oh, why was I saying his name wrong? But anyway, it from the TV movie. Oh, the original. Yeah, when I was a little kid. Ruined me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd be on my skateboard avoiding the uh, sewer drains and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'd smoke a little weed when I was like 12, still be scared. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the scariest, like, movies that I saw when I was a kid was uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that trash-ass movie, Pet Cemetery 2? Yeah, that was terrible. I watched that again in the not-so-distant past. Uh, like it did not stand up. I was like, "This is so bad." Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's just terrible. I was like, Ugh. But yeah. "This is just not even good." They, at they all. remade Pet Cemetery a couple years ago too. Did you watch that? Yeah, they did. They did. They did. And and I read the book. Um, so I did this with it too when they were uh, revamping that for the the cinematic one that just came out. Yeah. And um, so I read the book because I was huge like i said i was hugely impacted by that movie as a kid i was like super scared I was like Ugh, it is a freaking shit alive i don't want to watch it again yeah. you know but then you watch the the original like i bought the original movie rewatched it i was like yeah this is not as scary as i recollected when i was like seven eight ten or whatever and then uh i read the book which is way better than the movie but then the movie came out i was like okay they, they got after pretty good because there's there's throwbacks to the original movie, and then there's uh, throwbacks to the book, and then there's some, uh, you know, art, artistic liberties taken mm-hmm. from the story. So I, I was not um, upset at this uh, at this last It incarnation. That was, that was pretty good. And yeah, the actor, the actor is really good. He played the he played on Hemlock Grove. He's the uh, the main dude in that show. Mm-hmm. He, that show's all right. You get a little weird about season three, but. Yeah, I thought the um, the remake of Pet Cemetery wasn't bad either. Like it's it no, 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 not at all. You know what I mean? Not so, at all. Yeah, they threw a little 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 change to ruin it, but that's all right. Yeah, I like the yeah. book. The book that, of that, that was really good too. That movie always creeped me the fuck out. Just like any movie that has a dead kid in it, bro. Yeah, man, Gage, little out. Gage. Well, they didn't touch on from the book. There was a, a heavy thing and that was like the native american uh yeah input and like the windigo and like you know just the the evil being like a force outside of the beans yeah they, king, like stephen king which i know that you and i both are huge fans of yeah he's um, a master stephen king a, a lot of his stories are about this kind of like this ethereal evil yeah. like this this force you know this 
force that exists outside of people like it's like a yeah it's like a like a like a i don't know what you call it it's like the wind you know what i'm saying it's like yeah it's like the the it's like the murphy's law almost like oh um she, she needs to hurry up and get back so they can't get a flight and she has to drive back and then the the force made the tire pop and like you know like like these kind of things were just like you know just that shit luck they, it, you think it's just bad luck but it's things that are happening to you with, yeah. with uh, a motive with the, there's the, actually the, there's resistance there's yeah. resistance that's coming to you. Yeah, yeah. Nice you know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like it's like yeah, this uh <laughs> it's like this yeah. uh force that you can't see or hear, you know, but it's there well, lurking behind the shadows. And that, well, that's a that's a major player in like most of King's writing. Yeah. Is like this thing behind everything. This thing. Yeah, like have you ever read the stand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they should make a movie. That's so guys. fucking good, dude. Best. It's so the good. best ever, but um, that's so, like the best book I think, like like novel I've read. Yeah, it's it's good. It's long as fuck too. Yeah, it's, it's like a fucking yeah. It's, I remember it took me like a month listening to it at work on on my phone, like mm-hmm. like all day. And you know, I'm just page turning. This oh, what's the next? Cause I have a next. I think that that whole like that universe that is spiritual element that King has in the books is why the movies never translate you know what i mean it never well, translates yeah, as well to film because there, it's really hard to incorporate that like this this idea you know something yeah. that you can't show physically yeah it, it's hard to, to put into film and so that's why the books are so fucking good like i don't feel like he writes bad books period but the movies are like yeah. really hit and miss in fact they're they're mostly miss like when yeah. they put them on film but yeah, like Gunslinger was pretty good, but it, it left so much out. Yeah, man, there, there's there's so many King movies that haven't been done well. You know what's a good one? And I don't know if you've seen this or not, or if you've even read the story, but um, it's on Netflix and it's called 1922. Yeah, I, I watched about half of it. I got interrupted, but yeah, that that would seem like it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, dude, it was a really good story, and like when I found out they was making a movie of it, I was like, oh shit. And I watched it and it was dead on. It's exactly like the book. Oh, really? Like, yes. Finally fucking yeah. did something right for King. Um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so Go ahead. books are just so much deeper than movies. Yeah. yeah. Or could ever be. Yeah. But you know, you can spend words and then it, it translates to your imagination and that gives it power that film would have to work so hard. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people are really good at turning a book into a movie. Like, um, Fight Club. Okay. Oh yeah. If you watch Fight Club, then you've read the book. I mean, it, it's literally the same exact fucking beat for beat story, right? Hmm. Just with incredible acting as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that. The, they did not leave out a single bit of dialogue from the book. Like it's almost word for word the book. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and both are equally fucking awesome. The yeah, movie might sometimes, be better. Sometimes when you read a book and then you see the movie mm-hmm. and you're waiting for that catchphrase that, that is said in it. Yeah. And it doesn't never comes. It's yeah. like, man, this is such a letdown. Yeah. He says some gangster shit. Or you hear them like kind of referencing it and then they don't follow through with like the, the hard ass line. Yeah. Have you ever read uh, Finders Keepers by Stephen King? Yes. We read that at the same time. That's I think that was oh, one of the yeah. first things we went back and forth talking about. Yeah, shit don't mean shit. Oh, that's I a love that. Dude. I love yeah. that whole opening to that book. Oh man. Yeah. Like the whole opening it, where they're robbing that dude. Yeah. 
isn't that uh, what that that TV show is based on right now? Oh man, I'm so yeah, bad yeah. Um, so the detective that's in Finders Keepers yeah. is a recurring detective in several King books, and it's like a it's like a three or four part story. Like he keeps popping up in in it's like a three or four book series that he's in, but he's not the main story, but he's part of each story. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, so hold on. Let's let's wheel back. Okay. Okay. So, what's your favorite Halloween movie now? I need to. Know oh wait, wait, wait. Real quick, I got. I'm gonna say. Oh, you never told me your top horror movie. Right. I, I gotta go with Conjuring. Conjuring two. That's okay. my top horror movie right now. There's okay. scary ones, but that's my 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 top one. If I had to throw one on at my leisure, that would be the one. Okay. Well, the one I mentioned earlier is really fucked up and really good. Um. Yeah, the, the uh, House of Jack. Built. The House of Jack built, but um. I gotta say, just as a a, a series of movies, I gotta go with the the Rob Zombie films, and just because yeah, I yeah. love his the way he creates. He's got a whole like bunch his, of his world, man. It's it's dark and it's yeah, yeah, and it's cool. It's fun. It's it's like it's almost that, like a mix of like Adam... a, it's almost like a mix of like a, a wild ass Tarantino flick mixed with horror, Perfect. and like a Robert Rodriguez. You know yeah. it it. it I, I don't know. I like it though. But so that, um, that feel of a movie, I, I really enjoyed house of a thousand corpses and everything oh, that yeah. came out after it. And, yeah. uh, can't, can't go wrong. his remakes of uh Halloween. Some people oh. shit on them. I thought they were great. Um, yeah, they weren't bad at all. Although they were great. I was, I was into it. 100%. So, all right. Yeah. Halloween movies. So those are horror, horror movies. Yeah. What about Halloween? What a classic movie that you, that you like, like from your childhood or whatever, like, Okay. Um, let me think on that for a sec. I want to say, um, okay, this is how I know it was good and uh, Beetlejuice because mm-hmm. the part where he goes, nice fucking model. Uh-uh, nothing. <laughs> I, wasn't even, I wasn't even looking at the TV and I quoted that to my girlfriend. I went, uh-uh, and like, she was like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, that's some funny ass classic shit from my childhood. You know, like, I was yeah. like, I had to been, like, eight when that movie came out. Yeah. Something like that, you know? Michael Keaton was young and kicking and shit. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I love Michael Keaton, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's and, a fantastic movie. They, he can't go wrong with that movie. That's a yeah, I mean, you know, we put a couple earmuffs for the kids. They could watch it, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that nice fucking model is, like, the dirtiest line in the whole thing. Yeah, when he's trying Probably. to marry the little girl, it's kind of weird, but... I, I, um... Speaking of Tim Burton, man, I really like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh um, yeah, my kids and I—I I just took them to the theater. First trip back to the theater, um, since the pandemic, and uh, mm-hmm. that was the first thing we saw last oh, week. Can't be mad at that. Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a good fucking movie, man. Yeah. And, um, but for me, like something that really sticks out from when I was a little kid. I don't even know if it was a Halloween movie, but I fucking love it, dude. Little Monsters. Oh yeah, with Fred, with Fred Savage from yes. the Wonder Years. Can't be mad at that. Howie Mandel as the monster. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. I, I remember that one. That one is that's that's a good one. That's that's classic. Look, okay. A lot of people don't know this. Okay, get some little Brett movie trivia here. Um, so Fred Savage, who was in the Wonder Years, right? Yeah. And Ben Savage, his little brother, who was in Boy Meets World, right? Yeah, often confused for Shadow LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, uh, they're bringing back film playing each other's brothers. 
Oh, really? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. I, I like how you know so much about so many little details of uh, things <laughs> like that. Like, we've talked about this a lot, like, not even on the podcast, but just in life. It's like, you just have, like, like I would never want to play, like, any, uh, like, Trivial Pursuit against you. Mm. Yeah. So like, that, it's funny because, like, um, while some people would appreciate that, uh, my wife does not because I remember everything about all the shit that don't matter. But, like, yeah. I have problems remembering the shit I need to remember. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, day-to-day shit. She's like, I told you the blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, I, didn't, I, I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, but you remember that thing that happened when you were nine years old, the fucking details. Like, I'm like yeah. <laughs> sorry. Like, I hate that my brain you works that way. You need to just tell, I'm an auditor and take a bow and, like, run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's like, it's a blessing and a curse, because uh, I, I'm blessed that I can remember shit that doesn't matter, but I'm cursed to not remember anything that actually is of consequence. Uh, you know what a wise man once said? It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah. Yeah, ain't no wrong being a little spooked out, but like, like, okay, let's take child's play, right? Like, it's scary, but at the end of the day, it's just some fucking little doll, right? Yeah, my, my so, so when I was a little kid, I was a little kid, my uh, sister for Christmas got a doll that was redheaded and about the size of Chucky. Yeah. So we'd always scare each like, Chucky, Chucky, you know, like run around with that doll, they try to put them on each other and stuff. And like, yeah. So my mom ended up stealing them, putting them in the closet. And then we were always like, it's not in the closet. And we're like, we pretend like we're looking in the closet. He's not there. And like, it was, it was there. I was just being an asshole. But yeah, those are good times. Yeah, we used to do that shit too to my sons. But it's like, it's hard to do it to our daughter. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, like she's our baby, dude. Like we don't, I don't know. She's so damn sweet. It's hard to do anything to like make her lip quiver. Like you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like my baby, my baby girl. I don't uh, mess with her like that. Yeah. But like, Caden, uh, Jaybird. Yeah, like I can't scare Jaybird though. He's like, you know, he's pushing seventeen. He ain't no punk. Mm-hmm. He got some. He got jokes. Yeah, scary ass, dude. Yeah. I want, let me let me tell you a quick story about scaring kids, just real quick. Go ahead. One night, I was uh, <laughs> my stepson was going to bed, and I, I feel bad because I think he was a little too young for this. Like I went a little too hard on this one. Okay. So yeah, I I knew it was bedtime, and the kids were like brushing their teeth and getting ready for bed, right? Okay. And I played the long game on this motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> I, listen, I climbed in his closet, which is right oh next right next to his bed like oh my god that's awesome. right next to his bed and i i climbed to his closet a good 10 minutes before that time i'm talking there's no way he could have known i would be here no way <laughs> and no i listen he then he got in bed and i waited a full like seven eight minutes dude. you know that's what I'm a saying? like that's a huge investment of time to oh yeah kid. oh yeah i was playing the long game like I sat there so long, I heard him talking to himself in his bed. You know, you know you're yeah. alone when you're like seriously talking to yourself. Yeah. And I was like, I got to the point where I felt bad before I even did it. Like I was in there waiting, and I hear him like singing to himself or whatever. <laughs> I busted out of the closet. I was like, wow. <laughs> dude, he split, dude. He's Growing up out of bed, right man. his mom crying. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, 
Dude, that's awesome. I'm gonna do that to Ryder later. I scare Ryder sometimes. My little, my little boy. He, uh, you know, he's three, so it's like he don't remember nothing for more than about twelve minutes. Unless you tell me you're gonna give him candy or ice cream, then he remembers that like until he gets the set of the candy and splash ice cream. Yeah. Or he remembers where the candy's at, but like, you know, you scare him. He's good. Yeah, like, so I wish, uh, I wish it would have been like that with Asher because I'm pretty sure it's weird into his being for the rest of his life. The kids uh, scare each other so much. I think they're kind of immune to it. Yeah. Because there's like, whenever there's a Halloween mask around the house, for like Halloween until like, I want to say until I throw the mask away, is like a nonstop, like, sp- like jump scare fest around my house. It's kind of cool. I kind of like it, but sometimes it gets annoying at night. And then like the little girl's like, I can't sleep. And it's like, dude, we, okay, so check this out. We bought so much candy right now. For Halloween, because we just like, you know, we can't do the trick or treat. And I'm a kid, but I'm not gonna because I'm not gonna risk getting COVID. Uh, but our house has like four bedrooms upstairs. Wait. Yeah, four bedrooms upstairs. So, what we're gonna do is uh, grandma's gonna be downstairs with the kids, and then all the adults are gonna sit in, the, in each of the rooms and have candy, and then just come there and trick or treat the upstairs. And like, we already got the house all decorated, mm-hmm. carved the pumpkins today. Uh yeah, we're 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 dialed in. I had to put Kimberly on my shoulders, walk around so she could put the streamers on the ceiling. Like you know, we got all the accoutrements for a Halloween party for kids. Um, pretty excited, man. I, I like Halloween quite a bit. Okay, okay, Dad. Listen. Yeah. You you want to talk Dad shit? <laughs> oh, we go there. Great. Hold on. I gotta go get my New Balances and my uh, my my cargo shorts real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Fire up that grill before you talk to me like that, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're we're on what they call calling like phase three, mm-hmm. so it's like you know I mean you can go in and sit down restaurant and what have you, but it's like yeah, yeah. social distance. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we you went to boo, boo the zoo. So boo at the zoo. Okay. Um, they got the whole zoo decorated like Halloween style, and okay. we got Halloween music playing over the speakers, and they've got little stands set up where you can go and trick or treat and get candy. Okay. And so uh, we did that today. Spent like two hours at the zoo. We walked around, saw the animals, and got candy and shit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's then, awesome. Um, afterwards, like on our way home, there's this church by our house that was doing this drive-through trick-or-treating. And um, you oh, literally man. just drove through in your car, and like they handed you candy and shit. <laughs> like, it was cool. So that's what we did today. We We did like we did boo at the zoo as a family, and then I took my daughter to this church, and we drove through, and we won a raffle while we were sitting in line. Got like a pack of cookies. What? Got, got a pumpkin. Got a bag full of candy. It's a good time. Man, good time. I I uh, fasted most of the day, mm-hmm. and then um, about well, I was a good seventeen, eighteen hours in, and um, I had found this keto cookie I bought, and I so I had that. You know, that's most stuff. But yeah, cookies were on the menu for the kid today. So I was pretty happy. <laughs> I don't know where, where that came from. Oh, because you want cookies. Dude, keto is hard right now. But anyway, yeah. that's that's another thing. Let's, um, maybe let's jump into that book. I'm sorry, say that again. I said, what is next on the agenda? Oh, we got um the book, man. So we're, we're talking okay. about, uh, we talked about resistance last week, right? So now... Yeah. 
talking about going pro. Yeah, for everyone, uh, we're talking about The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. It is our long-lost book of the month. And last week, we discussed the idea of resistance. And this week, yeah, we're going to talk about turning pro to start off with. So what you got to say about turning pro? Okay, so the whole idea behind turning pro is like, I'm a professional at this and it, you don't really got to be a professional. Like you get paid for it, but it's like, um, I'm a professional at working out because I worked out more than 10,000 hours and I just get up and I do it, you know, like, was it a good workout? It doesn't matter. Uh, was it, did I hit a PR? That doesn't matter. Did I show up? Yeah. Okay. That matters. Um, you know, he's mostly talking in like a creative process. Like I recorded a podcast last night of, of my very own. Mm-hmm. Was it great? probably not super fire but it was not bad i did my thing i showed up i recorded a video i uploaded it and um you know it was received and so uh you know we'll do that again soon and uh you know until i'm a proficient in podcasting and then we'll keep going forward yeah i think i think the idea with turning pro is act as if you know yeah it's like treat whatever it is you're pursuing if you're pursuing an artistic uh creative discipline whatever it is writing yeah drawing whatever um if you have a love for it and you're trying to turn it into something um you're trying to create then you need to treat it as if you would your normal job you need to treat it as if you must work on it you need to treat it as if there is no like you you can't decide whether or not you want to work you know what i'm saying right i mean you can but you know, if you want to afford your house and you want to have food to eat and clothes to wear, you have to work. And he's saying like a professional at something, that's what they do. And so you need to act as if you are a professional at your craft. So if you're a writer, you sit down and you write as if you're going to work every day, even if it's your second job, even if it's, you know, your fourth job, um, yeah. you treat it as if you treat it as a creator. Yeah. You treat it as if it is how you win your bread. Treat it the same exact way. Like it is your job. Like my son has been, uh, you know, really struggling with this online school. He doesn't particularly like school in general anyway. And yeah. I can't blame school is kind of whack for me too. But um, I explained that to him and I, uh, you know, played a little bit of book for him. I said, look, man, this guy has this concept. It's like, I was like, okay, so your job right now is to do the school. Whether you like it or not, that's what I need you to do as your father. I have to tell you this because this is what I need you to do mm-hmm. so that, you know, you can ha- be have a successful start in life when you uh, graduate, you know, and you can, you know, I was like, you've been at it 12 years. You can go two more, or you've been at it 10 years, and mm-hmm. you can go, you're going to have to go two more, and then you're done, right? Right. I was like, these get degrees, dude. It doesn't matter. Just show up and do the thing. That's all yeah. you got to do. I thought you right had to love it. You, yeah, you just have to be indifferent to it that this is just the thing that you do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, well, I hate it. And I said, yeah, that's fine. You think I love my job every day? Mm-hmm. No. I mean, but that's, that's what keeps the lights on. So, you know, I told him, do you have things that you do that you like? And he said, yeah. And we started talking about some of his hobbies. I said, okay, so I want you to work on those things as much as you work on school. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want, I want those to be important to you, too. I was like, but, you know, I was like, like, you know how I work out, I have these podcasts and these things that I do. I said, those are those are the my other job, I said, my other job that I like to do. You right. know, I mean, I like I like my job good enough, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it's not 
it's not what I do by choice. It's what I do by profession. Right. But um, what I do by by choice, I would like to be my profession. Mm-hmm. So I want to do these things with the same energy and the tenacity that I do the thing that they pay me for. Right. Luckily, I get to run my neck all day at work too to my clients and try to you know use utilize my mouth and my mind as a tool. So it kind of helps keep me sharp in some some degree. But um, that's neither here nor there. It's not really t- uh, attached to what I'm talking about in the book, but um you know it, it is important to to be like i it's not that i i want to do a podcast they say we're doing a podcast today right you know it's, it's not that i want to go work out today it's that i'm going to go work out today it's not that i want to eat keto till christmas it's that i'm eating keto till christmas right you know it's not the it's not that the want it's not that i want to drink a gallon of water almost every day this week mm-hmm. but i wanted to drink a gallon of water every day this week and we're going to drink as much water as we can every right. day so yeah, yeah i think that's it, it it, the, the whole basis of the book overall is about approaching it as if it's your job and doing the work, regardless of if you feel like it that day, regardless of, you know, if you treat it like your life depends on it, it's something you must do. Um, then even the days you don't feel like it, you got to still do it. You, you still have to do it. And through doing that, you end up, you know, actually creating, actually getting to where you want to be. So, if your goal is to become a writer, but you only write when you feel inspired to write, um, I'm sorry, bro, you ain't gonna make it. Right. You know I mean, um, I don't remember who it was now, but he quotes it in the book, um, uh, or someone asked him. Someone, someone asked this this prolific writer, you know, um, do you write uh, every single day, or do you only write when you are inspired to write something? And he said, um, well, I only write when I'm inspired, but luckily I'm inspired every day at 9 a.m. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I like that. So it, you just you put in the work regardless, because that's where the magic happens. Like, that's where it comes. Well, every day is not going to be great. In fact, most days probably won't be great. Yeah. But by sitting down and doing it and making it repetitive and making it a part of your life, um, there's going to be some breakthroughs. Yeah. There's bound like, to be some breakthroughs. And it's like, you know, you should probably think about it like, uh, would I skip work for this? Uh, you know, like, like I don't know how how serious everybody takes their job, but I take mine fairly seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, that's how I feed my family. So right. I'm not fucking that off for some dumb shit, right? So right. it's like, um, am I really sick mm-hmm. or am I just being a lazy bitch? You know, it's right. hard days where I'm just a lazy bitch and I, I can own that. For sure. But, um, but you know, uh, you know, like Rogan says, you gotta conquer that inner bitch and do the thing. Like, mm-hmm. sit, sit down in front of your computer and type. You know, or get get a pen out and write down your thoughts. Yep. You know, what it, it doesn't have to be uh, this arduous task. It just it's like, okay, so like in the, in in uh, in these, some of these meetings that I, I might partake in, uh, they say like the head, this the the ten thousand pound phone, right? And it's like calling somebody to get help when you don't want it. When it's not, when you're scared to humble yourself to say, hey, I'm fucking up, I need help. Yeah. Right. So I think of that as like the one billion pound laptop or like, um, you know, the $40,000 or the $40 billion or 40 billion pound phone that I'm going to pick up to um, record this podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's like the arduous task. It's like the hardest part is just getting in front of the fucking camera, man. Yeah. Sitting down and doing the work. That's it. Yeah. Get in front of that camera, say, write down a couple bullet points and just, you know, Spit your game, you know. It's like do your thing, man. Um, you know, you only get better at doing things by doing them. You, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, me and you have taken on uh, writing a book, not together, 
type of books. Mm-hmm. And my book's probably going to stink. I'm not even worried about that. It's just getting sat down to write. Yeah. On top of all the other things I do, it's such a, it's such a fucking hassle. It's like, dude, just do it. It's going to, yeah. you're not, not going to write it for more than 20 minutes, kid. Just go do the thing. Right. It, you it's know? literally, he says in the book, do it or don't do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Should have get off the plot. Yep. That's it. You're either going to sit down and do the work or you're not, you don't know you're not really serious about it. You know? Exactly. So you have to make it a habit and that's all there is to it. All right. I, I think we can move from that into talking about the artistic muse um, ah. and, and that aspect of the book, which is kind of the third act and the final part of the book where he basically brings in this idea that we are kind of helped um, when we do the work, when we commit ourselves to these tasks of creation, um, we are helped along by well either our better angels or the artistic muses you know um something that is bigger than ourselves something that exists outside of ourselves that um is there to fuel our create creativity or help us along when we are you know kind of like putting power re- into it like a, a reverse resistance like reverse bands on a deadlift mm-hmm. right I don't know if that makes sense to a lot of people, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I, I it's think, like, it, it, it's like there's resistance to the, the forces that are fucking you off and, and that are keeping you from doing your thing. Mm-hmm. But once you start, start doing your thing, it starts to come naturally. You know, it's like, um, the first time I dribbled a basketball, it was not fluid, right? It was right. not a smooth move, but you know, by eighth grade, I was throwing it through my legs behind the back, you know, uh, you know, it came naturally. Some might say that I was, I was inspired or like, you know, I had a good, really good ball handling skills mm-hmm. when I used to play basketball in middle school. So like, you know, some people could be like, Oh, he's he's blessed with this, you know, or like, you know, at that time that's what I was good at. So it's like, um, you know, because I, I put a million hours in you know, I always had a basketball in my hand all through the whole middle school. I was never really great, but I you know, I had some skills because I put the time and the effort into being good yeah. at it. Right. Right. And so it, 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 I heard somewhere it takes like a thousand hours to be a pro or something. Ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours. Yeah. Right. So it's like by the time you put 10,000 hours on something, it might seem like, uh, you know, like you're inspired by a muse because you, it looks like it comes natural. It's like, but you know, in the, in the, in the interim of that, you've put in all this time and energy and effort where you see things in the details that others don't see. You have your yeah. knack for a thing that, uh, you know, whereas as to, even to you, if, it, if you might feel like, Hey, you know what? The the wheels are rolling today. You know, the, you know, my, my my watch is spinning backwards, like you know, whatever uh, your little good luck charm is, or the, your little your little flow state. The you know, I don't know if that's a really good metaphor, but you know, just like you ever seen? Um, okay, never mind, I lost it. I had a good metaphor, but it it left me. Well, I um, think but, I think what it what in the book, and he even addresses it. Like it's kind of a controversial idea. It's like uh, some people might find it silly to say that there is some force outside of you, like someone who might not be religious or something might scoff at that. They might be like, there ain't no angels helping me out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all me. What he's saying is, yeah. there is something outside of you that works. And whether you believe in it as like God or angels or um, maybe even just literal energy, right? Yeah. Electricity. I mean, we're made up of, of energy. Everything is, right? And like, even if you believe it's just that, some sort of positively charged energy, but you can feel it. 
it's this thing you can feel when you are in that, what they call a flow state, right? When you're, and you get it when you're working out, you get it when you're really inspired while you're writing or while you're creating something or uh, anyone who's done anything of uh, an artistic mode at all knows this feeling. It's like when you feel like things are just coming to you, you're not even having to try. Whereas last week it was a struggle. You're pushing through and now something feels like it's almost like giving you a boost. It's pushing you along. And that's like, that's what he's talking about. He talks about the muse and the way that you inspire the help of the muse is by putting in that work all the time. So it's, um, you can think about it in any way that you want, but when you experience it, you'll know what he's talking about. This, this idea of being helped along by your better, better angels being rewarded for the work that you put in with, uh, extra creativity or extra energy to complete a task or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, and it it's be. like anything that you've been obsessed about has been on your brain constantly, right? Mm-hmm. So even when you're thinking not thinking about it, you're multitasking thinking about that, you know, like it's on your brain all day. So it's like, you know, this muse might be just you mm-hmm. obsessed, but it feels like there's an external force or, right. you know, or maybe it is just the infinite wisdom of the universe uh, blessing you with these uh, divine maybe it skills is. for a short period of time. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, you know, you know like, I'm not. I'm not a religious person by any means, but I'm also not. I'm not a, what do you call it? Agnostic. Right. So for me, it's like yeah, like whatever, whatever God, however you call him, whatever. You know, it's probably a real thing. We just don't really have the language of it down here. Yeah. Whatever that is, is what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, whatever it is that is giving you that extra something that you didn't think was there. And it comes to you, and I've been experiencing this, experiencing this a lot lately. And the whole reason I I started the whole idea of posting something daily, like podcasts or videos or whatever. It was this whole idea of doing the work. And I knew I wouldn't do the work if I didn't have to put it out. Like if I told myself, well, I'll just record something every day or I'll write something for my podcast every day and then I'll just put it out on Saturdays, right? Yeah. I knew that wasn't going to work. You're kind of a machine too. I noticed that like you're constantly putting up content. It's the news. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For me, I'm like, you know, and and I'm a far less experienced podcaster than you. So for me... I'm still at that at that uh, stage where I'm trying to think. What's what's this show going to be about? What am I going to talk about? Uh, you know, but then uh, you start finding that once you get going, it's like, oh, I know a lot about this about this, yeah. this thing I'm talking about. I can I can rattle off statistics I didn't even know I had in my back pocket. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. Something's helping. You know what I'm saying? You get to a state where something else is helping. And um, God damn it, there's this like street sweeper driving by. Like you motherfucker, clean the parking lot <laughs> right now during my podcast um so i i've been feeling it a lot lately because um you know when you just feel like things are going they're coming to you easy and you get to a point where something's coming to you easy that's when you're in that state and that's what you work all those terrible hard arduous tasks those times for because at some point you're going to get hit with this inspiration this whatever yeah. it is, you know. yeah. um, but and then you have the skill set to capitalize on. Yeah, well, through putting like putting out these podcasts, and most of them are not getting very many views um, or listens. It doesn't matter. It, it's the act of doing it and the practicing of it, and 
and, and doing what I said I was going to do, doing the work yeah. every day. And with that now was coming all this creativity in my brain. Um, like just right. ideas, ideas where when I'm not doing something, really, this motherfucker just brought a leaf blower out, Jesse. <laughs> a leaf blower. <laughs> it's, oh, it's 11 o'clock at night, bro. Damn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, folks. You're going to have to deal with a leaf blower in the background because this cocksucker. All right. Yeah, it'll be all right. Um, so I can't hear back, it on my end. Back to the better angels of my nature. <laughs> um, so, lately, I've been doing these podcasts over and over and over and putting out these YouTube videos over yeah. and over and over. You know, it, it feels silly sometimes. You're not getting really any recognition for it. Um, but I'm rewarded now with all these ideas for more. I don't have to go searching for ideas. They're just coming to me. Ideas to talk about. Ideas to discuss. Um, I've got, I had a guy reach out to me that, that, that wanted to collaborate on a podcast with me. Never happened before. You know what I'm saying? I've got, yeah. um, I, I had so many ideas that I finally know what I want to write my first book about. So I set a new goal for next year. I'm going to write this book. It's like, I'm in that flow state. So I'm really vibing with the latter half of this book this week. And I'm like, even reading the book, it feels like I was meant to do it right now. Like it all feels like it's coming together. That's what that, that's what that state of working with the muse is, is where you feel like it's all coming together for you. Yeah. So it's powerful, powerful. It is. It is. All right. All right. What what do we got left? The challenge. We'll talk about the challenge. Yeah, the challenge. So, so last week was the um, you seem thirsty, bro. Yep. Challenge. Yep. One okay. gallon of water per day. Man, I gotta say this. Mm-hmm. That sucked. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, it wasn't fun. Uh I got I got four of the seven days. Your challenge, bro. I, I know. I know. So don't act like you don't issue things that stink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh uh the first two days banged it out. No mm-hmm. problem. I mean, I, one of them is like late night, and uh, I, when I finished it, I was up on my peen. The next day, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to get smart. Smash this punk out real quick. Uh, I was done with it before I left work, so I was good to go. Yeah. Had a, mountain, had a, a staple drink. You came out the gate strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I squeezed in the third day. Mm-hmm. And then um, Thursday came, and I just... I forgot. I was late for work. Forgot my gallon of water. I did drink a bottle of water, but I just didn't. It just didn't uh, stick that day. And then Friday, kind of the same thing, but I, I drank half a gallon. But I just couldn't get it down, man. I was like, right, what is going on? In all fairness, I was like, man, covering around the chicken with my head cut off at work on Friday, so mm. you know I can make excuses. But and then uh, yesterday, I almost finished it, but I didn't quite get there. And today. Uh, I fasted, so it made it a lot easier, and I, I threw a couple noon tabs in it to jazz it up, if you will. Yeah, which, which, yeah. look, look, I gotta say this, that doesn't help it at all. No, noon it actually tastes worse, bro. Yeah, you're right, and there's the tropical flavor, which is the worst of all of them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it tastes like kind of like a like a watered down, like if you had like a a lemon Gatorade, mm-hmm. and then you put ice in it and left it overnight, and then came back to get it. Yes, that's what it tastes like, pretty, pretty much. much. But it wasn't that bad. But less I mean, sweet. 
Less sweet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Less sweet. I should have put like BCAAs or something, like a whole bunch of it in there and shook it up till it's from blue. That'd have been yeah. That'd have been easy, but I would think that would have been kind of like a little too cheaty. Well, I it. gotta say, dude, I actually did really good. I think on this challenge, and uh, I'm kind of glad you gave it because I feel like I like this. I don't know why it is. Um, I have a trouble drinking water all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I had never even come close to a gallon of water. I drink a lot of soda. I drink, you know, uh, flavored water, like yeah. fucking aspartame and shit like that. You know, yeah. but never just straight up water. Yeah. And I know I should, and I always say I should, and like, I don't. Um, but something about having the gallon there. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at you. It, it made me, like, I literally went to grab other things to drink, and I'm like, oh shit, wait, I got my gallon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I grabbing? Why am I going to open this fucking uh, tropical flavored fucking water or whatever when I got my gallon? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I foregoed a lot of soda this week just because. Same. I had my gallon, right? And yeah. So my body felt better. Yeah. I, I, I felt more hydrated, less aches and pains, um, and more yeah. awake too. Like I've noticed that. But I don't get as sleepy. Sometimes, some nights when I'm driving my truck, I'll be dozing off, bro. Like, I got to oh, yeah. take a nap. But since I've been yep. drinking water, I haven't had that problem once this week. So Yeah, you got to pee too much. <laughs> it was like <laughs> an hourly trip to the bathroom. I feel yeah. like, I feel like dude, this is something I want to make stick. Like, yeah. like making the bed every day. I want to fill up my gallon every day and take it with Good me. Good for you. Saying. And I don't super, know if I can... It's super bro, and it's super stereotypical, but I don't give a shit, because I feel like having the gallon there inspires me to drink it, because it's like a goal every day. It's like, I gotta finish this today. Yeah, I like that. other bullshit to get the goal done. Yeah, the staple drinks got a lot less. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you experienced this, but, like, it makes the caffeine work better. When I drink my energy drink, I'm like, whoa, I feel this. Yeah, dude, there's something about, like, having more hydration, you know, having more water yeah. in your system that moves that shit around better. Yeah, and I was, uh, this is probably TMI, but I was way more regular with my yeah. bowel movements. Yeah. I was like, man, this is way better. I was like, I don't know if like, a gallon's a little excessive for me, to be honest, but yeah. um, but I'm definitely scooping up a bottle of water, like a, a liter, at least, in the mornings now. Yeah. Uh, I, I I've been doing that, though, trying to just drink, like, one of those and then fill it up in the afternoon and pound that as in in a lieu of drinking other bullshit because i have like i have like a legit energy drink problem like i drink a lot of fucking energy drinks and yeah. if i could just you know hamper some of that with some good old h2o yeah i'm good to go and uh, i like those body armor waters man yes yeah. yeah dude hydration's a thing yeah i like really? i like to, to swap it around with different like like, cause I also like uh, carbonated water, which is kind of weird, but like the f- unflavored, oh, we talked about this before, and then like throw some noon in it after a hot run, it's like, oh man, it's almost as good as a beer, but I don't drink, so I can't have that. Right. That's how I started drinking uh, Perrier, was like, it was hot, and I wanted beer, mm-hmm. but I'm sober, so I can't, so I was like trying to look for like, I ain't trying to like drink old duels, like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. I like um, Perrier, mm-hmm. the lemon Perrier, so good. Well, on a hot day, we get that big old glass bottle. That and uh, what's the other one? Is um, San Pellegrino. Oh, that's fancy. 
That's good. It's about three bucks for a liter of that water, but boy, straight from Italy, delicious. <laughs> I know. My girl's like, you're already paying three dollars for some water. It's like, have you ever tried Sam Pelly? It's bomb. <laughs> Are you ready for the new challenge? Yeah. Do you remember what it's called? No. You didn't, did you tell me? Oh yeah, I told you. Oh yeah, you did tell me where okay, refresh refresh my memory. Ladies and this week's challenge, this week's long lost brothers challenge is called the Walnut Challenge. Oh yeah, walnut. Is this gonna like involve a lot of wallsits? <laughs> the walnut yeah. challenge. You ever taken a cold shower? Yeah. Like a straight cold shower. Yeah, I don't like it. Why? Is that what we're doing? Ugh. You've heard the benefits of cold showers, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know the benefits of, like, ice baths and stuff, which is way better than cold showers, but... All right. I ain't got money we... for ice bath, bro. All right, so how, uh, what are we doing? We're doing cold showers. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. For a couple reasons. I want to see how it affects us uh, in terms of, like, being awake and revived and fresh, but also um, and, and recovery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but also, it's a more than anything, it's a mental toughness challenge. And that's something I feel like we've gotten away from a little bit. In the challenge yeah. Lately. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. These, these, we've been kind of on this like a uh, kind of Zen mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like uh, like uh, a little, little shock little to more. the system. Okay. And so, cold shower. How long? Once a day. Okay. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Dude, okay. All right. Here, here's, All what right. here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm holding my nuts right now just for a mental picture for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> do, well, do you understand why I call it the walnut challenge? Yeah, because your nuts are going to be on the walls yeah. of your fucking stomach. <laughs> yeah, your nuts going to turn it, your sack's going to turn into that little walnut. Okay, um, okay. If a similar okay. thing happens to females or not. They would have to chime in and say that. I really don't know. But I don't know. But uh Mama this is how it affects a man if you take a cold shower. Your nuts is gonna shrivel up into a little ball. So and it looks kinda like a walnut. Anyway. Um I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say okay, it's gotta be once a day. And like no 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 hot water at all. Just take a cold shower every day. Okay. <laughs> that, just take your shower cold, and you can do it quick as you want. You can do it however you want. But I know okay. you're gonna be under that stream of water because you don't want soap left on your body and shit. No, I'm not nasty. So do it however you want, but don't turn on that hot water. Okay. Just do, okay. Here's the rule: we just can't. You got to maintain cleanliness daily, mm-hmm. as any normal human being should try to do. Yep. You have to shower every day. Yeah. And yep. then uh, you just can't touch the hot water uh, the hot water faucet. That's it. Yeah, if you if it's a Una deal, you can only go right. Yep. And if you got two knobs like me, you're only grabbing the right knob. That's it. The cold one, because you know, like you forty said, I'm hot like your left seat handle. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Man. All right. So a walnut uh, challenge. Walnut challenge. Oh man, freeze up till you seize up. I like this one, it. man. I like it because I'm scared of it too. Like. Yeah, I, I know you are. You, I you live in Columbus, Ohio. It's gotta be colder there. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want. Yeah, it was forty degrees today, bro. Oh, that's nothing. We're in the thirties, my guy. Uh, whatever. Well, thirties at night. It's getting there. It's yeah. It's it's thirties at night here for sure. I was talking about forty during the day today. Oh, but, okay. Uh, you you're winning. We're we're still in the fifties. So. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm not looking forward to this one at all. At all. Yeah, man, this is gonna be like pretty. This is gonna be a pretty hostile uh, <laughs> little week, man. Hostile. <laughs> it is. It's gonna be an angry shower week. Yeah. I think like, you appreciate. Listen, nothing's gonna make you appreciate the warmth everywhere else. Oh now, yeah. You're gonna get out of the shower. You're like, oh, it's 40 degrees. It, it's not bad at all. I'm gonna have to get me a nice, a nice good hot shower tonight. There you go. Oh yeah, good one. Might take a bath. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Hey, it's good thing I didn't make it cold baths, bro. Oh no, I don't soak in my ass water. I don't. I'm not really a bath guy, unless it's like you need like an Epsom salt bath or something. But no, other than that, it's like, be a special occasion. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm oh, not okay. making no wiener stew. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good, no, man. Yeah, he's fucking mixing my butt crack juice and fucking. Yeah, we never put on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not on that. Like I think I took like one Epsom salt bath and I didn't put my face in the water at all. There you go. I was like, nope, not doing it. All right, let's try my legs. I think it's the longest episode ever. So I know, I know. Kimberly was at, at the window going, "What's up?" All right. All right, we are going to wrap this thing up. Uh, I think it's probably our longest podcast to date, but. <laughs> We really appreciate everyone listening. Uh, thank you for listening to Long Lost Brothers. We are growing every week. The audience is growing every week, and we couldn't be more happy about that. So thank you for everyone who is following along. Um, don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, also on Instagram, at Brothers underscore podcast. And please go check out Jesse's podcast, the Jesse Show. You can find that on YouTube and anywhere podcasts are found. And if you don't mind, come check out my personal podcast. It's called Daily BS. And you can find that also on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are heard. So thank you for tuning in for another week, uh, the 17th episode of Long Lost Brothers. And we will talk to you next week. Later. You're walking in the woods. There's no one around and your phone is dead. Out of the corner of your eye, you spot him. He's following you about 30 feet back. He gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. He's gaining on you. Shia LaBeouf. You're looking for your car, but you're all turned around. He's almost upon you now and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf He's brandishing a knife It's Shia LaBeouf Looking in the shadows Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf Living in the woods Shia LaBeouf Killing for sports Shia LaBeouf Eating all the bodies Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf Now it's dark and you seem to have lost him But you're hopelessly lost yourself Stranded with a murderer You creep silently through the underbrush Aha! In the distance, a small cottage with a light on. Hope. You move stealthily toward it. But your leg! Ah! It's caught in a bear trap. Gnawing off your leg. Quiet, quiet. Limping to the cottage. Quiet, quiet. Now you're on the doorstep. Sitting inside. Shia LaBeouf. Sharpening an axe. Shia LaBeouf. But he doesn't hear you enter. Shia LaBeouf. You're sneaking up behind him. Strangling superstar Shia LaBeouf. Fighting for your life with Shia LaBeouf 
wrestling a knife from Shia LaBeouf Stab it in his kidney Safe at last from Shia LaBeouf You limp into the dark woods, blood oozing from your stump leg But you've won, you have beaten Shia LaBeouf